welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined uh, this evening by a wonderful uh, band. Their most recent album is called When You Woke Up to Dances of Light. just came out a few weeks ago, and it's wonderful. Um, and I'm excited to talk to them about their uh, artistry and what they're up to. So uh, uh, if you would care to go down the line and uh, share your name and what you play in the band... Hi, I am Kyle, and I play guitar and I sing. My name is Whisper Crystal, and I play drums. I'm Eli, a.k.a. Laser, and I play bass, uh, samples, and sing backing vocals. Welcome to the show, Social Caterpillar. Thanks for having us. You're most welcome. Thanks for the hams. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) It's good to share space again. Absolutely. How's everyone's day? Mine's been good so far. I just worked and now here. I'm feeling great. Same. My day was good. Just worked and now I'm here. Good. Good, good. Glad to just unwind with some beers and talk in music. Uh, as Eli is my first returning guest ever. So shout out to Eli. It's incredible, right? Well, we talk about a Mr. Nice Guy. We talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And I believe the first time I saw Social Caterpillar was at Company Brewing, like three years ago. I think it was with, uh, wasn't that that was with uh, Emma Ruth Rundle, wasn't it? Oh, and thou. And thou, yeah. And thou. And thou. <laughs> yeah. That show was amazing. That was a packed uh, house. Yeah. Yeah, thou's an amazing band, and Emma Ruth Rundle is so great. Yeah. Everything she does. Yeah, she just released a new album this year. That's really, really good. And y'all have just gotten back into doing some shows uh, the last few months, but you spend a lot of time. You did release a, a good amount of music, uh, um, you know, uh, in COVID times as well, uh, which I'm excited to talk all about. Uh, but first, uh, let's uh, let's hear from you guys a little bit. So, Kyle, you have the mic. So, I'll start with you. Tell me a little bit about uh, kind of how like so. For one, are you from Milwaukee? Uh, what was that? Are you from Milwaukee? Uh, no, originally I'm from Michigan. Oh, what part? Uh, so um, I grew up in this town called Gregory, which is in between Lansing and Detroit. Mm. My dad lives in Grand Rapids, so I'd spend weekends in Grand Rapids or like every other weekend in Grand Rapids, also. But uh, I actually just like um, May fifth was the ten year. 10-year mark in Milwaukee, so I've been here for 10 years now. Right on. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, sweet. Uh, well, for one, congrats. Thanks. 10 <laughs> years. I made it. This is good. This is good. <laughs> and also, uh, my whole family is in Ann Arbor. Oh, yeah. I lived in Ann Arbor for a minute. Right on. Yeah. We yeah. really like the Arboretum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. So uh, what brought you to Milwaukee? Um, I actually moved out here to start a band with uh, a couple friends that I had met from playing shows out here, and uh, yeah, just came out here to start a band, and then I stayed. That's <laughs> awesome. No, that's that's really dope. Um, Derek, uh, how about you? Where are you from? I'm from Colorado, so I grew up in Colorado Springs, um, and I initially moved to Milwaukee to do a master's degree at UWM, so I was only here for two years. I moved back to Denver for a summer, then lived in Canada for four years to do more school, mm. and then moved back to Milwaukee. 
into a house where Kyle was living. Oh, right on. Dope. Awesome. And uh, Eli, you're from Franklin, yeah? Yep. I was born in Oregon, but I grew up in Franklin, Wisconsin, uh, so pretty close. Right. You were born in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> hey, we're learning about each other, you know? Yeah. We actually forgot to give a shout out to the fourth member who's not here, uh, Eric Ash. Uh, Every robot is chaos. Shout out to Eric. Go go stream All I Can See. It's a really, really good EP. Terrific. Eric's amazing. Eric is so talented. And if you live in Milwaukee, he's playing sad. I don't know when this is coming out, but it won't Saturday. be out by then. <laughs> yeah, <but>. well, <laughs> by the time yeah. this comes out, Eric will have played. On Saturday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And if you missed it, you missed out. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Eric. So uh, I'd love to hear a bit more about just kind of how Social social Caterpillar all started. Uh, uh, start from the beginning. So in 1990, I was born. No. Like Derek mentioned, uh I was living in a house and uh, right down the block from here, actually, uh, just on the other side of North there. And uh, Derek moved in and we were just hanging out and I don't even know. We were just hanging out and I just think I asked if you wanted to play drums to songs, I think. Right. We were just kind of chilling. I don't really know, but we just did it and then uh, played for a bunch. Then we went to... Um, summer solstice festival and met up was that when we met up with eric or after that or what was going on? we went to go see joust play at record store. oh, oh cool. that's what it cool. was but never we mind did go to the street festival too okay yeah i'm, I'm messing that up in one day. okay maybe yeah right on. but then eric came back and then we jammed with all three of us and nice. then um like a few months later is when eli would have uh, started playing with us. I, I, I know at some point Kyle and or Derek asked me to to jam with them, um, just because they had nobody playing bass. And Kyle's timeline is right. I think I, I saw them play a show actually, just the three Eric, Kyle, and Derek before I joined. And Al. Um, oh, Al was playing that show. Shout out Al. Mm. Uh, yeah, we used to have a rock. Crucial, crucial. Oh, dope. <laughs> We love Al. Um, yeah, but I, yeah, I joined like August of 2016. Oh, weird. Uh, at around the same time as K Rad, our old cellist. Oh, okay. Um, shout out K Rad. She's great too. Oh, Rad. Yeah. Don't. Damn. So uh, there's been some uh, old cast members of, of Social Caterpillar yeah. back mm-hmm. in the day. Right on. Dope. Um, so you started in 2016. That was like when it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I know Kyle and Eric were playing for a while before that, yeah. um, so that's kind of like pre-social caterpillar. But in terms of us properly playing together, it's like 2016. But um, Kyle and Eric playing together is what kind of really led to social caterpillar being formed. Is Kyle had written these songs, and would Eric would play violin along with Kyle, and they the first I saw those two play together. Um, once I missed him in the woods, but another time I saw them play in our living room, uh, in our, in our house. And that was my first time seeing the two of them play together. And then we played a few shows, not very many shows, such as three piece, maybe three or yeah. four. 
The first, our first show was our third practice. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. It was in the living room. It was great. Oh, that's great. I remember having a wonderful time. Yeah. It was great. Where it was in a living room. In River West. Damn. Um, Locust and Booth. Sounds about right. Oh, right on. That's uh, that's the funny thing about about a living room the size of this. Oh wow. It was not big at all. How was the turnout? How many bodies you think? It seemed full, but there was. I mean, because of the space. So yeah. There's was, there was probably like fifteen people. Maybe? Fifteen sounds very oh, accurate. That's dope. That's awesome. Um, it's really good for a first show. Honestly. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, in the living room too. Like, I mean, that's kind of the funny thing about River West is like, as you're, like, you go like block to block, like because of the, you know, just such the the DIY ethic. It's like there's there's so much lore, you know, to so many houses you walk past. Like, oh yeah, I I, I saw shows in that basement, or or yeah, like I've I've been on that patio. You know, it's like all there's so many houses that you know have like done shows or basements and shit so it's like that's kind of the fun thing about this neighborhood is like you know like people i talk to have been here for like a long time they're like oh yeah like like i've probably been to a house show like on every single block like in this area oh yeah i love river west uh, speaking of some of that lore for a long time when I was in this band from Colorado, we played this show in Milwaukee and I never knew exactly where it was, but I knew it was in River West. And I eventually found out it's what's now in the Jazz Gallery. And it used to be a like DIY space called 924 Center Street or whatever its address is. And that was just the name of the space. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize until I saw the floor in there and I was like, this is the same space. <laughs> but even that space has been doing music now for well over a decade. Where did the name Social Caterpillar come from? That first day when we were walking at that street festival and Kyle referred to our old friend as a social caterpillar. No, they were a social butterfly and we were social caterpillars. Ah, I see. Because uh, yeah. they were talking to yeah. everybody and hanging out and we were kind of uh, more standing on the on the sideline. More <laughs> Cocoon, like about to build a cocoon, like yeah, you know. <laughs> that's yeah. good. Caterpillars are dope. Oh, caterpillars are amazing. So it turns out, like social caterpillars are like there are like five different groups of social caterpillars mm -hmm. that like come together yeah. for collective foraging and like protection. Oh, totally. Yeah, so yeah. They're pretty cool in the environment as well. Yeah, yeah. My my my, my parents uh, had a greenhouse growing up, and there'd be like an entire colony one planter they they definitely like mark their territory for sure yeah and you know it's ironic playing in this band because i'm a gardener and i i war against caterpillars a lot mm. for several months out of the year oh yeah i'm but sure they're great in any way but my garden most of the time oh yeah do they eat aphids at least i'm not so sure about that it's usually other i think bigger flies that eat aphids oh, okay no, they usually just kill my stuff. Ah, uh, <laughs> damn. Uh, without the, killing the aphids. Ah, oh, bastards. Damn. Well, but, you know, <laughs> it is. It's kind of like it's kind of a goofy name when you think about it. Uh, but it's multiple acronyms now, and that's what really holds it together for me. Right on. So yeah, you've released three full-length albums and a bunch of EPs as well. The, the distance. Uh, trilogy 
yeah, Welcome to the Petting Zoo was your was your first. That came out in 2017. Um, all four of you were a part of that? No. Really? Um, Not me. Eli, Eli. I didn't play on that one. Oh. Uh, they recorded that one before I joined. And every other release I've been on, but that's the one I'm not on. Um, I think that was sure. just Kyle, Eric, Derek, and John. And Justin. Justin played bass. Oh, and Justin. Oh, right on. Nice. And, uh, there's also Al plays and Al, yeah. And Al. Oh, dope. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> At one point, we lost the most important member of our band when they moved to California, and it was the Moroccans, and we've never been the same since. Oh, what's up with that, you know? <laughs> They're back in town, so, you know, anyone listening to this, let's get Al back in. Shout out to Al. Dust, out, dust off those Moroccans. Oh, yeah. yeah. Crucial. I never got to... I, I've wanted to talk about Start a Fire That Sings You a Song. Um, actually, that record is in there somewhere. Nice. Uh, shout out to Steve Roach yeah, for, for the hook. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'd, I'd love to hear a bit more about that record um, and kind of just like uh, uh, the, the, the process behind that and um, the, the songwriting and stuff like that. Like, uh, if, uh, I guess, Kyle, if you'd care to share a bit more about what. Uh, kind of your idea was going into it uh yeah um basically i think like uh most of our albums we kind of just have a bunch of songs written that like a pool of songs that we pick that uh kind of all seem to make sense together uh either sound wise or thematically or or whatever uh try to make the best out of Usually six to seven songs because we're limited for resources for uh, spending money on the on the recording end. So mm-hmm. we usually have like a a number of songs that we have to pick out of our songs. Yep. Um, but in general, like some of the songs were older, like written before we were a band, um, and then some of the songs on that album were more where it started to be all of us. Uh, mm-hmm writing on it mm-hmm. and uh yeah right on yeah it's also the first record that we didn't self-record yes okay um so we went to chicago to electrical audio studios to work with our friend greg norman oh nice absolutely amazing so shout out to greg awesome he's more of an accomplice than a friend <laughs> he doesn't like he doesn't like he our, doesn't like us he doesn't like uh. our gifts of tropical fruit uh, um, he just wants to get paid, but mm. which is fine. Sure. No, Greg's amazing. He does. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Greg's super amazing, and uh, that's where we we went back to him for that. that oh, cool. As well. Oh, right on. Awesome. Yeah, I mean that record. Uh, yeah, I feel like we had a bunch of songs and we made a bunch of interludes without really. I, I think it all came together well, but yeah. um, I don't think we had any intention of like oh, there's like this whole cohesive thing. It just kind of came together kind of organically, I think. Right on. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, where'd the title Start a Fire Sing that sings you a song? Like, where'd the title come from? <clears throat> Caught a Fly? It's yeah. one of the Kyle's lyrics from Caught a Fly. Mm-hmm. And we were trying to come up with names for the album and cycled through like a few options, like very briefly. Um, and I believe Laser was the one who suggested that as a possible title, and we all decided that would be the one to go with. 
Mm-hmm. Right on. Yeah. I like I like that the last the last two albums have the most uh, hopeful lines as the the title, <laughs> even though some of the other it can get a little bleak sometimes, but it also has the yeah the those are like the two snippets of like the the highest of highs from each record sure yeah like the the light the yeah 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 yeah. something that feels illuminating speaking on that title uh i do want to release a remix album one day called pour some water on that fire that started singing (laughs) 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 one day we'll get around to that (laughs) i'll dance remix <laughs> yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll shut that fire up. Yeah. It's been burning and singing all day. It's just a smoke alarm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so your distance uh, trilogy of EPs um, that came out uh, during quarantine. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you've you've got the first one, uh, then the helping and helpless, hurting and healing. Uh, must say that uh, uh, for Emily, forever from now. I fucking love that song. It's oh, thank a f- you. Beautiful, lovely, lovely song, and love the love the the music video too. Yeah, thanks. I thought the music video was just like it just made me smile a lot. Yeah, you know, and it, it was like when we couldn't all hang out. Uh, it was like at that time where things were super bad, or like and yeah. like unknowing, uh, kind of. And Sammer just kind of came videotaped us outside. Mm-hmm our own houses uh shout out samer for making that video love samer big shout out to samer did y'all write those during uh like quarantine or uh huh kyle wrote those songs during quarantine so it you know kyle's probably better off at speaking of this but it started off as an idea um where he was like writing these songs and recording when we weren't being able to meet with each other all the time sure and then we came up with this, that idea of calling it social distance caterpillar, which, you know, we thought would continue the goofiness of the name, but also be like a serious album title for this series. But that's all Kyle's. Yeah. But Kyle's working. I think we did work on For Emily before, right before the pandemic. Um, yeah, and Blaze It Up too on that one. We had a full, we were playing that as a full band. Yeah. So some of them were those two were kind of like in the starting phase, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, "Bleed Tonight" was like a song that I wrote like ten years ago. But then, other than that, it was I was kind of using it as an exercise to set up recording gear, um, write a really simple guitar part, and then just sing like write write lyrics quick. Don't think about it, um, and just kind of do it just as like an exercise of sorts mm-hmm. and then the songs that worked out we shared there, there was definitely mistakes on, on them sure sure right on bleed tonight we've been playing that song as a full band for a while but that's a song that kyle wrote a really long time ago right on yeah that's actually a good point like have you been playing the songs from the distance trilogy in the last couple shows y'all have done no we haven't however we have i can't i don't know the details of it too much so i know we can't speak on it like with full certainty but we've been asked to play a show this summer in a secret location 
Um, and we talked about maybe playing those songs mm. to change it up from the other songs that we've been playing. Oh, lovely. So there might be a show sometime this summer where we can play some of those songs and maybe some other songs too, but we've talked about playing some of the distance songs this summer. Right on. That'd be, it's lovely. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, uh, moving up to the present here. So when you woke up to Dances of Light, uh, so... I, I I love this record so much. <laughs> yeah, I I was very moved by it. Um, I I know I kind of get sort of like bashful, like talking about like oh, I just like just you know when I talk when I tell bands like just how much a record hit me, but like I felt a lot of like uh, you know just a lot of the the lyrics and the themes. It connected with me a lot, so. Uh, thank you guys for making it. <laughs> oh, thank you for listening. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that was so kind to say. It it always um I know I try to when I see a band play and I and it really uh, is something that I'm into or it touches me I I like to try to make sure I tell them like because I feel like um a lot of people don't do that and um mm-hmm. it's always nice to hear hear that as a musician i feel like hear somebody be like i really like i really liked what you did um so yeah. thank you yeah absolutely <laughs> oh yeah for sure like were these songs that y'all like intended to to write for this record or i guess like how how did the songs come about kind of the same process as Statify that sings your song where some of the songs date back a long time. The first song, Anti-Pair, was a song that Kyle wrote before any of us had started playing with him, and then we've been playing it sporadically throughout the years and working on it. Time Warp, number one, was the first song we wrote with Laser and K-Rad and played it for years, and it kept me, just kept getting better and better and better, and I was like, okay, now's the time to record this song. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but same thing as Start a Fire, we we have we have a lot of songs, um, so we're always trying to like it's more more of a struggle for us, and maybe it's not a bad thing trying to figure out exactly which songs should go on the record when we have all these other songs that we also like and want to record eventually. But like Kyle said earlier, it was more about like picking songs that we thought were going to go together to like make a record together whether that's thematically or sonically right on yeah i think this record is a little more streamlined in terms of the relationship of the interludes and sonic stuff to Mm -hmm. the songs i think the intro is really great in terms of how it introduces everything and um creates an environment for the record and i think we we had more interludes than we put on the album um and i think what we included on the album was really like deliberate and really had a distinct relationship to the songs. Um, yeah, so this record to me feels a little more uh, deliberate, um, even if it's still like a collection of songs. For I think sure. it, it's a little more cohesive as a record. Yeah, right on. Yeah, Kyle, what do you... What do you oh, yeah, I just agree with what Eli was saying. Um, just, it, it definitely has a flow. I think... I think it probably is like that because most of the songs on this album we wrote together mainly, except for that first song that we were talking about. But like 
Um, Start a Fire, there's more songs I feel like that were maybe started before Eli was was jamming with us. And um, Eli changes how our band sounds so when you have that when you have like people writing together yeah i think it's starting to sound more more and more like us Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely yeah makes total sense i initially thought it'd be hilarious to call the album another set of lyrics from that song when kyle says you wouldn't like it (laughs) we really we really hope you would you do like it? And do you wouldn't like? Yeah, uh, we still probably not. Have like. you looked around? <laughs> <laughs> My other idea was Social Caterpillar presents Metallica's "Ride the Lightning." Damn, and it was just going to be our songs, but <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite a juxtaposition yeah. right there. Uh-huh. Yeah, where did the uh, the the cover art for uh, the, the the latest record come from? It's a uh, an artist named William Schaff who we do not know, but is a very kind and wonderful human being. He had done artwork for other bands that we had liked, like Godspeed You Black Emperor and Songs Ohio. And we started just talking about using him and then emailed him once and he was like, yeah, I can do that. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. That's cool. So William Schaff did the, the cover art. Shout out William Schaff. And then Brooke Ogerman hmm. did the back cover and everything on the insert. Wonderful. So shout out Brooke for doing all that artwork for us as well. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I um, think it looks amazing. They did a great job. Both of those two artists did a really great job. Hell yeah. Brooke did the artwork for the Last Distance EP as okay. well. And then a recent t-shirt and hoodie design. Oh, right. So they've done several pieces for us. Mm. And Brooke's an amazing artist as well. Hell yeah. Shout out to Brooke. Kyle, do you want to tell me a little bit about like anti-prayer since, I mean, that was the one that you wrote like a while ago. I'd love to hear more about like kind of the origins of that song. Uh, yeah. So I was living in Ann Arbor nice. at that point. And, um, uh, I don't remember much other than I wrote it on Valentine's Day because I called it Valentine's Day whatever year it was. Um, I think 12. I think it was right before I moved to Milwaukee. And then Eric sure. ended up recording Violent. There's like an old version of that song. Okay. I'm just like a solo um, record that I put out right when I moved here. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it was basically came after this nightmare that I had. Um and it was just it was just uh based off of that the lyrics i'm not going to go into too much details but it's basically a nightmare <laughs> for sure i'd love to hear more about the music video um that's all chloe so chloe you know we don't really like go into we've only made a few music videos chloe's made two for us now Okay. Um, also made one for Bad Electricity off Start a Fire that sings you a song. And it's just been their full artistic direction. It's all... Creative control. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Just probably. So, yeah, they wanted to film us playing some of, the so- some of the song live. And then they also filmed us in a park 
one night. With that cool thing. With a prism in front of some flashlights in front of our faces. Nice. And uh, it was... We are all pretty goofy people most of the time. So that night was particularly really goofy when we were filming it. It and was cold as hell. It was very cold. But Chloe does this on, on film, so it's expensive too. So they kept stopping for a second because we were laughing too hard and messing around. But that was a very cold, fun night. Um, and I think... That video turned out amazing, and I right really like the animation, like the their sort of like animation that they did on top of a lot of that footage. I think is really rad. Hell yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah, you y'all were uh, talking about the interludes earlier, and I'd love to hear more about kind of like your mindset, like as far as like the interludes go, um, like kind of like what's your process with them. For this album, it was interesting. Well, for Start of Fire, uh, it was different in the sense where I think we were piecing a lot of them together, together, like as a collaborative thing. Uh, with these interludes, uh, we were kind of holed up in our own respective homes in the pandemic. So um, I think each of us made an interlude separately. So um, Eric made one, Derek made one, Kyle made one, I made one. And then we, in terms of how the record flowed, we ended up choosing mine and Kyle's all of them were great but um just yeah we want to use the other ones at some point because there's really cool but yeah Eric's was (laughs) super beautiful um yeah we should use that but yeah um yeah and I think my interlude I remember making it um I made it just like layering like clarinet I was playing these like bowls I was bowing and striking uh, and some guitar stuff, mm-hmm. pretty typical for me. Of for my, sure. like yeah. stuff outside this band. And yeah. then, um, yeah, I just remember going like, this would be perfect after um, Time Warp number one. It just felt like a perfect kind of, I don't know if I want to say antithesis, just like a very, uh, something about it just made so much sense instinctually after that song, I think. And then Kyle, um, I believe Kyle's signature trumpet playing is, on full display in his interlude it's yeah. mm-hmm. there's nothing like it um he's yeah he's nationally ranked he's he's number 19 nationally so oh yeah it's a stolen trumpet too oh wow <laughs> that i tried to pawn once but they wouldn't let me because someone stole it it just ended up in the basement i was like yeah. oh i didn't steal a trumpet <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah i love i love where kyle's interlude sits in the record because there's just the first couple of songs there's kind of a smooth sequence to them and then stuff gets a little more there, there's a lot i don't want to say chaos but the the songs you know there's a lot of um adventurous kind of all over the place stuff happening in the following sequence of songs and i feel like kyle's interlude really like distills that chaos mm-hmm. into one thing and then hymns of awakening happens and it's just like this breath of fresh air um, so to me, that one really captures like the energy buildup of the previous songs and also creates a space for like the following song to really breathe and like um, set a totally different tone. So, yeah, that's kind of where the interludes came from. I am forgetting what you even asked, that but I've, kind been, of I've been rambling. That was the question. <laughs> yeah, no, that was perfect. The initial way that we came about using some of those things is we did a collaboration with Utah Jazz a while ago, and that was like when we had the idea of like having 
sort of things in between the par music to like piece it together and make it feel like a more whole. Um, shout out to the mysterious Utah Jazz. Oh, wow. But yeah, it's, have, it's the name. S- it's the name of a project. So the motorcycle and three movements EP we did is with Utah Jazz. Oh, they spell it like J A H S or something. Oh, oh. I guess I'm just not familiar. Uh, totally cool. Cool. They're dope. You should check it out. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, they released right on one full length album and then did that collaboration. It's some crazy. There's some oh, crazy awesome. stuff on and there. And that's kind of like cool. What and those are like homies. They're from Colorado and St. Louis, um, but we just had this idea of like having them do some stuff in between our songs. I see. To make it feel like more of a full piece. Oh, okay. Well, it's the goofy name "Motorcycle" and three movements, like an old classical piece. But <laughs> right on, sure. Okay. The concept of motorcycle is lost on everyone but us. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's an ungovernable groove. You just ride until the end of government. Mm. So <clears> the songs yeah. are never stop. They're not going to stop for a long time. <laughs> yeah, hymns of awakenings. I love that track. That's probably my favorite. That, that's my favorite song on the record yeah. for sure. I love that song so, so much. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Right on. I think it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how did the record release at Cactus Club go? It's fucking amazing. Holy yeah. shit. I don't think we could have asked for a better night, really. Yeah, I was going to say, it couldn't have gotten better. So, fantastic. Like, we, uh, our friend Ellie Jackson. Shout out to Ellie. Yeah, Ellie's fucking amazing. So, everyone who's listening to this who possibly has not checked out their music, please do. Mm. It's like, so wonderful. Infinitely moving. Yeah. Um, and it's just really powerful music. Yeah. Snag our BFFs. Fucking We've, love Snag. Both of us have played every single record release with each of each band. Yeah, yeah. Know, our best friends, you know. If you haven't listened to Snag yet, fucking it. You're missing out. Snag, <laughs> yeah. Go check out Snag. I saw they just dropped new shirts. Yep. Yeah. But the show was fucking great. I really yeah. don't think it could have been a better release show. And thank you, Cactus Club, for hosting. Oh yeah, absolutely. With that said, um, now that the record is out, uh, what do y'all think is next? Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Super Bowl. Yeah. So we have two goals. Really. Um, we want to play Jimmy Fallon. Just, I don't know, because. So, Jimmy Fallon, if somehow you hear this, like, just pretend we're famous and have us on your show. It's no big deal. Come on, it's like Jimmy three Fallon. And a half Come, on. Minutes. Come on, Jimmy. Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but the Super Bowl is yeah. The Super Bowl is going to be the end of Social Caterpillar. That's our last show. Damn. Uh, we okay. Die, we die by mob. Uh, you know when they unfurl that giant American flag across the entire field, and then the fireworks come off, and we're supposed to start playing, but then the cameras pan to us, and it's just me peeing on the flag. Nice. Uh, yeah. And so that's how we're going to die. Uh, Wouldn't so picture it any other way. Yeah. You know, like, band's got to go down. Usually there's like a last record or something, but we're just going to die before we play a song at the Super Bowl. At least me. Appreciate you guys being on the show today. This is a lot of fun. And uh, I, I mean, I enjoyed talking about, uh, you know, your guys' music, but also just uh, peeing, talking about, yeah, peeing on the flag. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having us. You're most welcome. Uh, so, uh, Social Caterpillar, uh, 
Go stream their music, Bandcamp, everywhere else. Go catch a show. Uh, but yeah, when you uh, woke up to Dances of Light, it's the most recent release. Thanks for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We will see you next time. Cheers.